Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. The outrageous antics of Don Imus and Howard Stern may have offended some people, but if they weren't so bad, they wouldn't be so good. 66 WNBC. Never meant to cause you any sorrow, never meant to cause you any pain. It is time for the three on one podcast. Hi, how you doing? I'm Matt Ryan, and joining me as always on this pirate ship, we are the official podcast of the A7FL, but we're a brand now, and, and the brand managers alongside me, my partners in Dumb Dumb Industries, you know him, you love him, he's got the layered hair, it's Corns Hammond, and also, he is of... Know me. The li- <laughs> love? Love me? <laughs> yeah, we'll, well, well, I love you. Good. The much beguiled Corns Hammond, and he's of the lifestyle, because he's... Hair is very pineapple today. It is Big Rob Fabian, a.k.a. Bachata Bob, a.k.a. Music Soul Child Bobby, on the track with a little <laughs> eye and a smiley face above the eye. But guys, and based on the video that you're getting streamed, of course, it's our faces. J-Rock has something to say about your hair today, Rob. Uh, He's looking for a zoom in. <laughs> yes, the zo- yes. If only our fans are, can see, right? Yes, if only our fans. It's can not. See. You're not seeing NBC Four highlights from 1979 that I found um, very late one night because that's what I do. Um, you know, certain right, things cool. are legal in New Jersey. Shut up. Um, when it comes to <laughs> the return of the three-on-one, a lot of shit's been happening across the A7FL, and we're gonna oh, get yeah. to all of it. But on this show. Top seven quarterbacks, according to me, Rob, and Corey in the A7FL. Big news within that. We've got two big pieces of news within that. One piece already broke this week. One we're breaking here on the podcast. And then also, it's schedule time. We're going to announce the A7FL schedule for 2024. Uh, So if you are wondering what teams are joining us and more, we've got that. But we've got a big story that has to be let off, and it's time for the news. Corey Hammond, anchor the news. Thanks, Matt. And the major news is the A7FL and the Arena Football League have signed a new partnership agreement that may see A7 stars step onto the AFL field in another amazing opportunity provided by the A7 as we enter Season 10. When asked for comment, league producer Zach Morgan was quoted as saying he'd like to, quote, thank Bon Jovi for the rest stop and then kick him in the nuts for it's the It's My Life video, end quote, because it, and I quote here, made him late for a very important meeting, end quote. He was seven at the time. Back to you, Matt, in the studio. He doesn't shut up about that fucking Bon Jovi music video. 
Hey, I what just, happened in the video? Yeah, he was on the way to some very important meeting. As Corey said in the story, he was seven. And if you've seen yeah, the "It's My Life" music video, Bon Jovi shuts down the—I think it's the Holland Tunnel—and oh, he said, shit. "He said in the song, it's now or never to everybody there." Yeah, it's now or never, right? And sorry. Well, the now or never was specifically for people like like Zach to, yeah. you know, if you're gonna get to a meeting, do it now. But, it's now uh, or never, Zachary. Can can we can we use never. the Bon Jovi talk boxes for commentary this year so we can sound like robots? Like Corey, you're the one everybody hates. Rob, you're the one everybody fears. And you know, I I <laughs> I you know I need to be just more than generic white announcer eighty seven with really great hair. Not, yeah. but anyway. But shout out to all our children. Um, but one thing that we do on this show is list things, and within that have arguments about said lists, whether through text message, the telephone, or via Zoom, how we record this podcast. And on the road to our 10th season of the A7FL, we are going to do 10 weeks of top seven lists. How can we do that when there aren't teams playing? Funny you should ask person who doesn't exist. We're going to do positions within the a7fl and how else would we start this off than with one of the most important positions in the a7fl and that is quarterback guys we put this list together i'd say fairly quickly um not to not to toot our own horn but we did walk through this with a decent amount of understanding well, I think it's it, it it becomes easier with the quarterback position because you see so much of what they're doing play in, play out, that we can assess their body of work based on stats, based on uh, reputation and the eye test. We can take all of that empirical data and more accurately assess who's doing what, who is at the top. And I think, you know, as, as much film as all of us watch and as many games as all of us called – when we talked about this position, this was one of the positions that we were able to kind of like get right through. But I will say this, and Rob knows this better than everybody, even though I forgot in our <laughs> in the prep that we were doing. The the most listened to episode in Thick Boy season, A7FL three on one podcast, likely will be when we do the big boys on the offensive line. So stay tuned for that, Kenny Mack. Well, I think I think we gave away number one on that list uh, at least. Ah, who says team. he's number one? Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's 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 a vote. We we work as a team. Yeah, so but in vote. certain positions, Man. it's going to be a little more weighted towards one of the two of you. Like with quarterbacks, yeah. we rely. I, I I gave up some authority to you, Corey, with quarterbacks. That's fair. There's a yes, name on there. I, I will I, I will know. similarly obviously acquiesce to someone who knows a lot more about offensive lines since I've only seen you as the one that was blocking for me that one time. <laughs> you and Fern. It was a great season. <laughs> Passed for many yards that season. Remember it fondly. Oh, I do. I do. That's great. Anyway. All right. Well, let's get through that list, and we'll start with number seven, a guy that me and Corey think is probably the second-best quarterback out west, and honestly, this is proven here on the list because he's on it, and a lot of people aren't. Jeremy Geary from Sick With It. I can say you can put him anywhere between five and seven, and you might be able to make an argument. It gets harder the higher you go, but I feel like you could make an argument, Corey, for him to be at six. 
Well, you could make an argument for him if you go just stats. You could make him a, a, an argument for maybe two or even three. Um, but it's not just about stats with the quarterback. As we all know, quarterbacks are responsible for their passing stats, for the amount of touchdowns they score, for the plays that they call and the, the output of their offense. And Jeremy Geary ticks all of those boxes easily. Um, the other thing that quarterbacks need to do is, is, is win on third down, win with less than two minutes or, or three minutes to go in A7 um, in the half, right, first half, and then, you know, in fourth quarter time. But also they need to win big games, right? And – we start at seven. That's our bottom number. You're going to notice that Corey Hammond isn't a part of this list. So we're not just we're not just gassing you with our buddies. But with Jeremy Geary, what I see is a guy who has a quick release, which I, as somebody who has always tried to work on getting as quick of a release as possible, that's a very huge tool, especially to use in uh, A7 style of football where the angles change. But he's also over 2,500 yards, approximately 25 or 30, somewhere in that range, uh, touchdowns on the regular season. But why I think he's at seven on this list and not a little bit higher, because he passes the eye test, and we've seen him play good football every single time he's on the field at times. But he's 0-3 against the Insomniacs in division, and if we're fair, he has not played anyone. If, if some of the conversation we were having last week was the Insomniacs have yet to play somebody, Jeremy Geary has only played the Insomniacs, and right now he sits at 0-3 against them and until he can get kind of that monkey off his back and get off the schneid against the top team in Vegas, which, spoilers, we may talk about later on in the preseason of, of how and maybe why he might see the, the wording of that in Sound X. You can jump on and, and try to kill me in the comments. Go ahead, wherever podcasts are sold. But it, until he does that, guys, I don't think that he can crack and, and go above some of the guys that are on this list above him. Because it's not just the stats, and especially when we look at the competition in Vegas. I know I've already gone on too too much for my guy Jeremy Geary, who I really respect and I really enjoy his game. He's one of my, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch, especially because of his style. But when you're zero and three against the top team, and when you're basically, you know, one and one in the playoffs, and you barely beat the force, we just want to see a little bit more of that side of his game. And go. lucky for us, he's playing in the fall, getting better, and he's likely easily day one starter for sick when we get to springtime and we'll move number seven jeremy gary <laughs> um i didn't debate this too much because again like i said i could this is the person this is the player i conceded and i actually was accepting accepting of an argument that Corey did have that would have put jeremy at six i was okay with it because again i do respect Corey's opinion on certain aspects when it comes to quarterbacking but at the same time Jeremy Gary, in my opinion, barely made the cut. There there were a few quarterbacks that I would never even mention that were closer, in my opinion, to making the cut than Jeremy Gary on any list that I was going to create. Um, Corey brought up some good points, and we were really trying to keep this stat-based. But as Corey said earlier, when the competition is really just insomniacs and then everyone else, it's, it's hard to really get a gauge on you know, how good this kid could possibly be against some really stout competition. So based off of what, you know, Corey saw, because I, I watched Jeremy, but I wasn't impressed. I, I'm just going to be honest. I wasn't impressed with anything Jeremy Gary did. I, he played the flag tournament, did he? In, um, championship? Yeah, he was the Hemers quarterback. He was the Hemers. He, yeah, and I, and I his, team, his team was in, was in the finals against the whatever the Tampa guys called themselves. Yeah. So the winners of so the 10K. I don't, I don't necessarily remember him being this phenomenal 
oh my God, let's go home and tell all the guys in Jersey about Jeremy Geary guy. You get what I'm saying? But in a division that's not stacked with quarterbacks, Jeremy Geary probably stands out. I mean, he's on the second best team, so it would make sense for him to have some type of decent numbers and look okay. So, you know, Jeremy Geary at seven. I'm cool with it. And, and let me just do a real quick cross-examination, Matt, unless you want to go before me. Go for but it. the cross-examination would be he did have that one win against the Force in which the Force gave Sick a game. That first round of the playoff, that was probably one of the better playoff games, especially in the earlier rounds and especially from Vegas that we saw. And he did come up clutch. The other thing is, is that the entire offense that was – if Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, they were the highest scoring offense in the entire league last they, year, right? They, I mean, they did put up 92. Was, yeah, they were in there. Ooh, they put up 92 ooh. against OTT. But their offense is predicated on Jeremy Geary doing Jeremy Geary things to Darren Palmer, Lavish T, Betts, and uh, Nathaniel Webster Spencer. I haven't done that accent in a while. It's been a minute. Um, it's terrible, so I won't continue to do it. But for, for me, Having him included in this list shows the kind of respect that I have for him. But I think Rob is right. There are a couple of guys that you might be able to slide in and slide out based on reputation, but absolutely not even close on stats. That's for sure. Right, so right, shout right. outs to Geary. But seven, if you're comfortable being there, great. Keep losing the Insomniacs. You want to climb this list. Don't just put up the stats. <laughs> put, put up some points on the champs. We'll be watching. Right. As we move on, we go to number six, and it is a name that comes up quite often on this podcast and quite often during the games of the week, and we'll have an update on those a little bit later on in the program, but it's Rokeem Chaney from the Baltimore Watchmen at number six. OG Buck. OG Buck. Um, I'll go first with this one. Buck, um, this this is the one where I felt like he could have been six and seven with Jeremy Geary, not because Buck you know, isn't a good quarterback or isn't necessarily better than Jeremy Gary, but it's kind of what Corey's been kind of hinting to for the better part of the season. OG Buck was part of a two quarterback system. So he didn't have as much time in as a guy like Jeremy Gary, who was the only guy. OG Buck was sharing time. He was splitting time. His stats were still very good for a guy splitting time, but he gets number six on this list because in the games that really mattered, in my opinion, OG Buck made some mistakes that in my I feel like could have cost them the game. When they lost to, if I'm not mistaken, they lost to BIC. The interception against the Watchmen was really the only, it was the only drive that they, you can like point to a mistake and say that was and that's kind of it. a mistake. And I mean, honestly, they scored 52 it. points, but that was the, like, the that one thing. little blemish. The margin is that thin. So it's like when we're making a list of, best quarterbacks og buck is definitely on it and i think six is a six is a very fair position for him to be you know what i'm saying being that he did split time being that if you go look at the film most of the mistakes that were made in the bigger games were probably during drives he was on um three and outs or interceptions not saying that the other quarterback didn't have any it's just i feel like he made a little bit you know more mistakes than than his counterpart on his now team. i so, feel I feel like Ace Boogie kind of gets the benefit of not playing against the BIC in the games of the week in Asbury. And it was it that that day it was OG Buck. And then that's when he he went with the one drive with uh with with Lenny. 
and that didn't go over well. Obviously, Olay thought right. it went great. Um, with I, the pick six, yeah, that was. Bad. I don't think it went well. And that's but, how Lenny ended up on the buzz, right? Like that. Yeah, game. I mean, that yes. was that was a quick exit yeah. there. Um, and that was the week the Renegades were calling me like, or, or no, people in Baltimore were calling me like, "You joined the Renegades now? What the hell?" No, no, what um, are you talking about? Everybody gets but, everybody gets their news from certain people, and it's not always correct. But anyway, talking about OG Buck, I think one of the things that is said, and I think it's rightfully so, is that he is one of the best, and it's true, play callers in the league. I thought and, you were going to say game managers. And, and game managers. I was going to say game managers. But, but you know how but, I've but said game is, managers made people in, in, in another league when someone – of a high stature called them game managers. I'm just saying, you know, be careful. It makes, yeah, it makes people upset okay. when when you say game manager, right? They're like, oh, he's just a game manager. You're you're denigrating his, no. But the thing about Buck is wh- the way he manages a game, he's doing it from the winning perspective that you don't see in the stat line, right? When he's handed the ball off to Amari Thomas and he's calling plays that set up other play action plays that end in touchdowns, we don't necessarily uh, assess you know, greatness to the, you know, the four or five or six, you know, four to eight yard runs on a certain play to set up the play action. But the when you tell when you talk about the way that OG Buck manages a game, it's one of the things that separates him from all of the other quarterbacks that may be faster. Remember when we were talking to Snags, he said that boy run about a five nine talking about OG Buck. <laughs> that was the episode right? title. And yeah, and it was a great episode title. Shout out to Snags. Um, we'll talk about you soon in the news, probably. But he he isn't the fastest quarterback in the league. He doesn't have the strongest and and you know strongest arm and tightest spiral. But what he is is one of the most effective producers of points and yards in the league at that position. And the fact that he's on our list at six, I think that he could be higher up. Hypothetically, let's say there was a scenario in which he was the main and and mostly quarterback. Now he does like to bring in other guys, and we'll probably see Lenny again or whatever. And to be fair to Jeremy Geary, because I know he had uh, uh, Jerry uh, um, Urias. I always m- mess up his name because his, his Facebook name is Jay Smith to throw us off. But <laughs> Geary had a couple of he would he would take off a couple of drives here and there. But if if Buck was the main quarterback like Geary was for sick. I think that would be an interesting Watchmen team to watch, and I, you know, would watch um, that hashtag. Let, but can can we can we be? Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, go I was going to say that slides into our number five option because it seems OG uh, Buck's going to be in control in Baltimore because John Gauls Jr., who is at number five, who is known as Ace, is now on the DC Buzz on news that was broken Ace on Boogie. RTU on the Buzz later this a little He's bit Ace earlier Buzzy this week. now. Ha! Ace Buzzy is insane, but um, it, yeah, it's Ace, nasty work. Probably won't stick. Um, Ace honestly probably did the healthiest and smartest thing he could possibly do, and that's kind of why I didn't really give them too much flack for the quarterback system. I thought it was very healthy. We're talking about a guy who gave his body up in 2021. Like really, really walk with me here. 2021, he had a great run. Ace had a great run as a quarterback for the games. Went up against a very tough BIC team at the time with a former NFL player who met Ace at the one yard line, and Ace didn't win that battle. He was at the end of the game. Moved. It would have been a walk off touchdown. End of game. Go into the championship to yeah. send to send BIC home, which would have been insane. Ace 
you know, Ace was hurt. Ace was beat up. He never got a chance to heal. He took the following season off. 2022, he took off. Good night, my love. Um, he then came back in 2023, and instead of flinging himself into action 100%, he split time with another very good quarterback. I mean, they're five and six, respectively. So to me, I know a lot of people, especially Corey, the, the critics, because a lot of people do agree with Corey, a two-quarterback system, what are you guys doing? And it's, it's like, but it was a smart idea because it helped him recover, get back in the game, in, the, in that A7 style, get his speed back, get his legs under him, get his mindset right. And he started dicing people up in the better part of the later half of the season. Ace was really doing numbers on people. The only times I think... They were able to score against the Nightcrawlers. Most of the times, Ace was the guy. Uh, to be fair, I think they scored every single drive that they had the ball, except for the one drive with that Buck. OG Buck through the interception. Right. And the yeah. thing is, it works until it doesn't, right? You know what I'm saying? And hindsight is 2020, and everybody's a genius. If they say, oh, well, the Watchmen ain't going to make it, they were never going to make it. But at the time, it seemed very, it seemed like it was going to work. And it did. And right well, now, to be fair, I think mm -hmm. when you talk about a two quarterback system for, for the two quarterbacks to be a as good as they are is, is right. really tough to find because, you know, those yeah. guys are all, those guys are basically equals. And for the pluses that you get with Ace, there's a couple of minuses with Ace. And one of them is going to be the question that I end this with. But it, it was a system in which they were so effective when they were both going in and out mm -hmm. that it became a mismatch strategically for a defense to have to prepare for basically two, for both, for two fully functioned, yeah. completely yeah. different offensive sets. And yeah. when it's when, when when Buck is calling those great misdirection plays, and then you go straight to Ace Boogie, who's coming in there and just diamond people up with kind of more, you know, traditional vertical passing game. Right. It's but hard you still to have about him running and everything. It 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 was it was a that's a tough team to prepare for. But it's also almost impossible to be those quarterbacks and to come in and hypothetically come in cold or or have to keep up with a guy who's performing and not either press and and fail or not be in rhythm or, or not be in the flow of the game and fail because what happened was in general is when those guys were alternating one would come in succeed the other com guy would come in and it's like why are you taking a hot hand out well, because the other hand succeeded as well. And that's what I think was amazing about what the Watchmen were able to do right. last season. But I think in, in memoriam, both of these guys deserve to be the quarterback for a team. And, you know, we talk about Insomniacs as a super team. It was clear the Watchmen, in my opinion, were a super team as well. That's for two sure. competitive for sure. Final Four Baltimore teams combining and doing what they did, which was finally kind of break through since they won the championship and for the first time be the top team in the Northeast. Now, they ran into one of the most unique situations that they could have possibly run into, and they lost in one of the greatest, most exciting offensive performance games we've ever seen. But right. now the question about our number five quarterback, who I think is rightfully placed there because he was a tiny, just a minuscule bit better than OG Buck, in my opinion, on the eye test and mm -hmm. stats kind of, but whatever. The question now for John Gauze is the health thing, because when it was with the Watchmen, he isn't the full quarterback. He's not. He can share the full load. Now, if he's the main quarterback for the buzz, and let's see what happens with, you know, with the, the potential second quarterback for the buzz, you know, are they getting a, a big boy back, right? 
Um, you know, we don't have to go into all the players and everything because we're just talking about John. But my question for John, because it's never been talent, it's never been skill, it's never been the ability to lead a team to a win. He's the only quarterback in Baltimore's history to be a champion, right? Right. But now that he's back to being the only quarterback on his roster that's really competing for a champion, right? Like, you know, there was other times, but he's competing for a championship, I would say. How does he hold up in the long A7FL season as physical as it can get? And that's going to be an interesting thing to see when Ace Buzzy – that sounds weird. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Uh, so when Ace Boogie tried. lines up for the DC Buzz, that's going to be one of the things to watch is not just how well he can play because I think we know what he's going to do when he's playing. It's how often can he be available for his team, which was one of the reasons why the Buzz went 0-7 last year. Their quarterbacks were always injured. Mark Diggs played one game and they scored 40 against the Animals. And then every other game it was Lenny or (laughs) your favorite guy. Trey Loke. Yeah, not at all. Your quarterback's rocking a number 55. You got an L next to the the game that you're playing. If you look at it in a little bit of perspective, let's say Mark Diggs is still on the buzz you're still in a two-quarterback system. You still have a very solid guy that can come and relieve Ace if he needs it. Not but to help mention, was an issue you're now... for him last year, and let's be clear no, about true, true, he's true. Not, but his no, body style is not Diggs. built for fast recovery. What? Mark Diggs is running the DMV division now. So he's busy. Oh, so he might not <laughs> yeah. be Okay. Yeah, a lot of guys. A lot of guys wear two hats in this league, but not a lot of guys are doing something as important as that and also playing, I including myself. If Ace has any help, it'll probably be some of the. It could be Carlos Croslin. I don't know if he's going to the Watchmen or not. They're um, they're not gonna. No, no, they're not gonna admit it. There, people are gonna lie and say they don't know. Carlos Croslin is eighty percent going to the buzz. Um, Gators, guys. Which, it's, Buzz is going to turn into a Gators-type situation. It's going to be yeah, the, but instead we'll of being the, ex- call extinct, them the Buzz. Instead of they're, the extinct the crocodile species, it's now going to be the the musical, you know, crocodilians or whatever. We can call them the Caymans. The musical Caymans. No. Let's just call them the Buzz so people don't get confused and have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, the Buzz, the buzz are going to be the Buzz with Ace. Ace is going to bring his friends some very good linemen. Um, and I don't know where Snags is going, but if I'm Snags, if I'm – who else went with Snags? If I'm, if Croslin is going to, to the buzz 80%, and well, it'd be Antoine, Snags, it would be – the Gators guys would be Antoine Matthews, Super Saiyan, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not – I'm talking about people that matter. I'm sorry. Super Saiyan gets one catch screens that I don't care about. No disrespect. All right, but it's fun. I was but just I'm, mentioning yeah, just, them because no, it's I'm, fun. Whatever. I'm it's trying fun. to. Yeah, I'm trying to. But Nick Mays, Gator make guy, a difference. Exactly. Nick Mays. Yeah, it's a difference. We're talking Nick, Nick Mays. We're talking Snags. We're talking that offensive line that's going to follow Ace. Those guys child go please, over there, right? Yeah, child, please. Now you're talking about a very different Buzz team, and I would be a little wary of them come the regular season. I would be too. <laughs> but we move on to our number four. In our top seven quarterback list, Quatrell Huffin spent last year getting another MVP with the mm. Silk City Animals and now comes home to the Patterson U and may have a little bit of help with some old friends coming back to the U or staying with the team. Uh, 
2020. This is yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. No, this was a tough one for me because what Huff was able to do with the animals, it's very difficult not to put that man at number one. But when you did, you know, when you get to breaking down some stats and whatever, whatever, and Huff was also playing both sides of the ball, you kind of understand why, you know, he might have quote unquote dropped, even though he is the reigning MVP. Um, Going back home and probably taking Kyle Ward with him, um, and a couple of other studs that were, you know, just hanging around, didn't know what to do. I know somebody he was sending messages to. I'm not going to say who, but I've seen the messages. <laughs> I believe it. And, and, but going going back home for Huff is probably the best thing to do because the truth of the matter is the you and Huff broke up last year. Both of them proved the point that they can do good without each other, but they both ended up in the same spot. You ever say they were on a break, like, Rob. Yeah, it was on a break. They were on a break. Ross and Rachel so. of the A7FL. They may <laughs> they may run away from each other, but they always come back to each other at the end. And yeah, it does Huff's, Huff's numbers Huff's numbers were phenomenal, and he did it with a well, team that, that no, was bottom tier. No, I think that's tier. the thing. I think that's the thing. When you just right. if you just take the Huff numbers and you break those down. They're not as impressive as the overall impact of what Huff was able to do. What he was able because, to do, right, right, Because right. let's be clear, when Huff was with the U, he had seasons where he would have like 40 touchdown passes yeah. and and like and like 10 rushing, okay? So this is not right. a guy who cannot put up the stats that we would include or put him higher on this it's list. Not something, Specifically, right. It's not something you well, can do where you can go to a metaphorical A7FL football reference look at all of his stats in a vacuum and say this was a down year. How the hell was he an MVP? Right, 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 right. The intangibles and what he meant to a team that historically had never won a playoff game in the modern era and since the pandemic had not won a football game. Right. At all. And and you look right. at it and what he did for the the animals makes him the most valuable person in the league because let's be clear if the guys above him on our list went to the animals I don't know if the animals could are they as do the same thing as they yeah. were with could Quattro they, could they do it especially because as the MVP of the league it was also because he took it upon himself to add legitimacy to that defense and attitude that to that defense which was you know a, a, a defense that wasn't necessarily feared but. You know, ask ask a certain quarterback, you know, what, what it's like when you're talking trash about the guy, and then you throw two interceptions to that guy in real time <laughs> in the game that you were talking trash about. So Quattro Huffin, if you look at his stats, <laughs> he's closer to he's he's closer to forty percent completion percentage than he ever was. And and maybe no, to no fault of his own. How many times were we watching those animals games and no disrespect to the receivers? Drops, they were but drops everywhere. And yeah. and he we're built talking, it all no, no, but I'm, wait people to understand they are bread basket your hand drops not slightly overthrown slightly underthrown i'm talking perfect goals that were being dropped for the that wide receiver core was very young and i've never felt because i've had Corey throw balls you know we've we've caught, played catch before doing during the snow tribe ota in september Corey, we can hear everything that's going on. That in the background. Right, guys, they can hear you, please. Got all right. Cut that. I'm gonna mute. All right. So, blah, 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 blah. for those young wide receivers on the animals, 
Right. They didn't have the ability, I think, to catch a ball thrown by such an adult before. Because the way <laughs> no, Huff I can throws get the football is insanely fast and insanely powerful. Right. Huff's good, man. Yeah. Now, uh, but really what he good. also did was he installed that offense that that right. he was either running kind of like a RPO or the triple option style look in which he was expecting his guys to 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 perform and and do football right on a level really? that was similar to what he what his expectations were with guys that he'd been playing with for years in the U and again those inexperienced guys because some of them are just regular age it's not like they're they're so young but their inexperience in this game it was a, a culture shock and, and a, a stylistic shock at times right. playing with you know as what we say all the time is the the greatest career quarterback in our league based on stats and and rings and all those things but specifically what i will say is even though he is at 4 it is not a disrespectful 4 because when at we all, mentioned no. the guys above him and what they were able to do and why i think we put them there i think it justifies Quattro Huffin being considered the number four statistical and output quarterback, but also, by the way, don't get too mad, the MVP of the entire league. So Right. And we go into our number three spot, someone who last year probably would have been number one, and this year, stats-wise, had his best season as a quarterback in the A7FL, and that's Terry Codrington. He comes in at number three. It's not uh, that he regressed. It's that this year the BIC wasn't the team we expected them to be. And Rob, you've put it out publicly that you, you know, yeah. it, it, it was a I mean, it was a pain point for you because you've been yeah. publicly advocating for how good this the team BIC. is. Yeah, and how because they are, they are and, and were that good, but again. You know, part of the game is, you know, there's a good chunk of the game that's mental. I'm hearing 80% of it. So if you don't got it going on up there at the time, and this is not a this is not a direct line to Sterry Codrington, I'm talking about the team overall. If the team's not there mentally, then, you know, it, it, it's going to show later on in the season, which it did. Well, and it wasn't that they weren't there at all mentally. It it's they weren't the, the same mentality that they had when they won the championship because no, they had all the extra they weren't, motivation yeah. because they were in the they right mindset killers. then. Yeah, they weren't killers. They weren't killers anymore. They were the ones that needed to be killed. And and for the you know, for the defending champs not even to make it back to the big dance, it's kind of kind of rough. I've been there, so I, I understand. And that hasn't happened but, um, since as far, 2019. Uh right, right. Who made it to the chip in 2019? Uh, the, the, U, the U and the Immortals. The U and the Immortals. Yep. In 2018, right? Right. 2018 was the um the, the Baltimore yeah. chip. So, right. So, with Sterry, it's a very interesting thing because, yes, statistically, Sterry probably had one of the better years out of all the quarterbacks we named, statistically. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily equate to the type of wins we wanted him to have against upper echelon teams like um the U because that's pretty much who they the lost only team to. they lost to yeah <laughs> that's the only team they lost to and as you notice we've gone through this list top to bottom we're almost at you know the top two I hope you don't think a U quarterback made the top two <laughs> like that's insane you know what I'm saying and that's no disrespect but the well, U well a current the, U quarterback made the top four U quarterback but from last year no last year it was last year that you were trying to figure out who they were and what they were doing, and they still won enough games to bring them as far as they did. Well, Rob, so again, 
you are right. It is not a Patterson U quarterback uh, in the two spot. Instead, uh, before we go to two, I do have just a quick thing I want to say about Stary Hodgson. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, I wasn't because, done with Stary. I wasn't done with oh, Stary. Yeah, I, we got we got more. Yeah, yeah, we have way more for Stary. Um, Stary, Stary statistically had one of his best seasons. But my ultimate question was, in having one of his statistically best seasons, Ashante Worthy probably had one of his worst seasons statistically. I don't feel like he was getting targeted as much. It wasn't that he was getting covered or Sterry was getting other people involved. And it and it did wonders for his numbers, but in the long haul when you need when you need to win these games to get you past certain people, you got to put the game in someone's hands and I don't think you put the game in Sterry's hands and have him throw it to just anybody. I think Sterry and Ashanti, whatever relationship they had in 2021 and 2022, they need to build back on that because it's either it's Ashanti's team or it's Sterry's team or they're a one-two punch. It, it can't be Sterry and then everyone else has to get love too because that's not going to work. I feel like that's what happened last year and put them in a very awkward position against the U twice. Well, like, I think and, the first and, game against the U – they didn't have all of the linemen that we were promised that would be there for the reasons, right? And then the second game against the U, I think it was a similar story of, of attendance. They didn't have their skill position. But, but, that, but that's the, whose fault is that? I, I'm not saying it's not a, a, yeah. a, a, a huge indictment, right? That's an indictment. Huge. Like a Trump, yeah. like you're indicted. Um, The thing about Sterry that I think is interesting, and, and you're kind of like in the realm of where I was talking about, but not exactly right. – because right. I, I don't I don't know if we can go and just say in a general sense, because if you look at the U games, he was still, you know, statistically he was there. They he were was right there. He was he was throwing touchdowns. And if anybody puts up those numbers against a team like the U, they, they get my respect. You know, right, I play the U all the time. I've never beat them. Now I threw three touchdowns against them this year and I'll never let them live that down. But Damn. my stary question is interesting because whether it was through the the health thing that was kind of rumored and, and talked about, but obviously he's a tough guy and he's not going to come out. Right, or right, it was right. the personnel or it was the thing that happens with quarterbacks where they want to prove something to, to the invisible guy or the invisible they that, they, that they keep saying that they're a running guy first and then they start to right. force throwing. That, that To me, that's what, that's what kind of put CP3 on a trajectory where he didn't continue to improve every year. My mm. question would be though is mm. as great as Sterry's numbers were and oh. he completed he completed 70% of his passes right Matt he had only the one interception all season and we give another quarterback who we might talk about on this list a lot of credit for that and he played in Vegas um the numbers were were bonkers to just look at with your eyes like 70% completion yeah, that's in insane. NFL yeah Sterry went crazy Sterry did is he better year, bro. in in twenty twenty three with those stats as a passer, or was he better when it was a little bit more 50-50 and you would get the random or two two three times a game seventy yard run because Damn. if you take away Sterry's legs, logistically like just the schematically, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you take away the ability or or the want to for Sterry to attack the defense with his legs at will and is a potential scoring threat from anywhere on the field because of his speed and his his burst, what that does is it allows a defense to cover the receivers better. A lot better. And more right. completely. 
Because when you have to either assign a guy to watch Steri and be careful of the run, or you assign a whole defensive strategy to try to bottle, up, bottle him up, what you're not then able to do with only seven guys on the field is do it's something covered. to handle. Right. And this was just last year. Ashanti Worthy, Kaysan Campbell, Trey Cohen. Trey Cohen, Kyle, Umar, at Umar times, Butter We're not even mentioning Matt Riddick, right? Yeah, right, right. The list goes on. There's more guys. There's more guys. We didn't even say uh, SZA, who, who scored right. who, on any other team, would probably score like six to 12 touchdowns. Right. So if you have to guard Sterry the runner and then deal with the fact that he's also completing passes, is that a more effective guy? Or are we really going to see the evolution of Sterry from, you know, let's say Eagles Randall Cunningham to Vikings Randall Cunningham, where, yeah, maybe he takes off here and there, but he's really trying to do it with his arm. I don't know what the answer to that question is. And is, and coming from me, I kind of do. I would lean one way, but I think it's the opposite. I kind of I kind of know the answer to that. Like, I'm I'm being honest, and I'm being uh, I'm I'm from a standpoint where I had to face Terry at his best when we when he first popped out in the league. Like, we didn't even know who the guy was. Terry's, it's not, and that's the thing. I think maybe you're right, Corey, and he was fighting that invisible demon. Where it's like, oh, y'all think I can't throw? Watch this. Yeah, whoever he they showed us are. That he can't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who they are. But the thing is, what made Sterry so dangerous is he's not going to just sit back and throw if you give him the running lane. And then uh, we don't talk about Sterry's speed enough. We just don't. We well, don't. last year we didn't because we didn't see it on display. No, no, and like I said, right. it was a mixture of health. It was a mixture of guys showing up and, and you know, giving him the ability to have that protection where right. the amount of time that the pocket kind of spreads and opens up, you can get those lanes. Yeah. But what my my yeah. thing would be, as BIC kind of goes into this year, if their offense becomes what I have kind of dubbed as the, you know, Golden State Warriors style A7. Okay, I'm not mad at that. They're, they're spreading out and going for the three and the big play. Because their their running game isn't like the Insomniacs anymore. Even though they have courage, their run game is we're going to call a pass play with three wide receivers. And if you're brave enough to send four and have single coverage on those wide receivers, then Sterry can beat you with his arm or his legs. I think I think putting Sterry's just in a that, pick a guy. Well, it's not only just pick a guy. He can run for 27 yards, even if they lose easily. seven yards, easily. seven yards on sacks on first and second down on third and 27. Easily. Or third and twenty-four if it's seven yards, seven yards. He could run for twenty. I could count on. I could. I could count on to convert that. I'll put money. He can convert. And so I would like it. to see if if that's how they're going to go about it, or if they kind of go retro, and because they have courage, because they're, and we can talk about this too, because they may or may not have more guys that are capable of playing in all kinds of different ways. We talked about overcorrection, Vegas. I know you're listening. Damn. Yeah. Maybe they go to a retro style in which it's almost like the the way that they uh, attack, it goes back to Sterry is a traditional, at least more traditional quarterback. And it'll be interesting to see what the answer that they choose is. Because I know if it were me and I was coaching BIC, what I would encourage as much as possible is Sterry takes off and just gets chunk yardage because then what you do to the defense is now they have to think about that. And if you're covering Shanti Worthy, or last year it was uh, Q Bell we didn't even mention. If you're covering those guys one-on-one, they're going to win those battles, even against the best defensive backs across the country. So, bet. You're going to stop me running the ball? Okay, I'm going to go up top. Which doesn't happen. What, what he, we did not see against the U, and the only times they lost, 
because every other game they were able to do the pass thing and he just stands back there throws the ball 25 times completes 70 percent of them to those receivers and one against the u i don't know and i would have to go back i don't know if he had right. over 70 yards which he can do in one run and that would be my question and the kind of thing that we talk about for number three yeah. on our list Terry but but final final thing respect to the u because they did have a game plan going in to deal with Sterry. But again, I, I do agree with you, Corey. I'd, I'd love to see a return of form for Sterry where he goes back to, I can run and throw. I dare you to force me to do either because I'm going to destroy you. I have courage. I have Ashanti. I have Matt Riddick and whoever else. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I'd want to see that. Me too. And I, well, one week I won't actually specifically. Yes, but anyway. For sure. But... um. <laughs> That kind of the theor- those theoretics lead us into our our number two quarterback, and it is uh, one of two quarterbacks quarterback. who played in the national championship this year. It is Mark Bagway, and no, um, that 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 is not that Tampa Bay Nightcrawler X. If you're watching the video version, does not is not a typo. It's not a mistake. Mark Bagway is officially a member or will be officially playing with the Trenton BIC in the New Jersey. The, the New the Jersey USA. BIC. Pardon. The East Jersey. the East Coast BIC at this point. <laughs> the United States of BIC. I mean, can we talk about the news first before we talk about the guy? I let's mean, God, no, let's damn. let's get through two and one real Oof. quick and then we'll focus okay. on All this. Right. All right, let's get through two quick because honestly, okay. as great as as we always talk about how great Mark Bagway is at quarterback, what I don't think we talk about is is when he has played wide receiver, how like just completely insane it is to watch that guy play I mean, wide this receiver. This is a quarterback list, though. Yeah, his I know his and ability and, to play anywhere on the field outside of Logo Davis, and the only reason Logo Davis isn't on this list. Is because he is an he's a he plays every position on the field, and we really didn't get a large sample size of him until the playoffs of twenty twenty three. So at quarterback, at we quarterback, haven't gotten yeah. any large sample size. And when he did play quarterback as at the position, they used it as that back set where he would start with the ball and right. pitch it, and then yeah. they would play. He, he kind of played like like a slot H back a lot of the time. He played a split right, end right, some right. of the time. He he also I saw him, and this this had nothing to do with a seven. But I saw him kick a hundred and sixty yard field goal. I mean, it's Logo Davis. He's the logo. Yeah, literally. he's a yeah. Logo <laughs> might be the unspoken freak of nature in this league. Like he might might be unsung. But let's get back to you know the main but, topic. But on a football field, on a football field full of absolute studs, Mike Tice sat next to all of us and literally out loud said, "That kid is special to the point where that's who I'm going to talk about. That's really all I see." And he's not wrong. The performance we saw him have when we first were introduced to him against the rare breed wasn't even close to his best. No. Now, me and Matt saw him absolutely, you know, he skinned the QC Crush yeah. and left them flayed out in, in the Florida sun, baking, and, and gators were coming up and taking bites out of them. And that was like like a hidden game that not everybody saw. But no disrespect, Dale Hathaway, and check out the unscripted Cincy that I was on that just dropped or whatever. You know, more kids. But – that that game was an introduction. Jesus what we Christ. saw against a rare breed ended up not being his best performance, and all of us left that game watching it live in a loss and said, "Mark Bagway," and we talked about it for an entire off season. Oh, uh, the whole I think way. The original, we knew, 
Go the on. original joke that we started our pilot podcast was we can't make the flag of the A7FL pirate ship a nightcrawler. And I tried to joke that they were dancing because he was a story as soon as we were introduced to him. And then last year, we saw him absolutely just turn Devon Gray into his child. Devon Gray has a Mark Bagley tattoo on his arm now. And it, it wasn't because that he went insane. to a tattoo shop to pay. Sure, it's like that's it, insane. <laughs> he, got, he got beat so bad, a Mark Bagway face like appeared on his skin. And thank goodness you can't see it all the time. Oh, my goodness. Like what he did... What, wow. what Bagway did to the Watchmen is such a level of disrespect that I don't think people understand. There was a play in which, as a right-handed quarterback, he rolled out to the sideline at the one-yard line, threw a 55-yard pass across his body, which was a dime over a, a defender that was covering receiver, and made it look like it was just a, a, a stroll it, it throughout you know, the greater Jersey City area with Olive. It was easy. Shout outs to Matt's dog, by the way, if you guys aren't inside listeners. But Mark Bagway had such an amazing game against the Watchmen. We're talking about him as the quarterback and not the two quarterbacks that were absolutely impeccable except for one drive that guy, one that drive. game in, in John Gauls and Rokeem, our 5-6. But now, guys, he's on BIC. They have options, whether he plays quarterback sometimes because he just feels like it. He lines up at wide receiver across the uh, and on the other side of the field is Ashanti worthy yeah yeah but don't don't Munchie, miss the quarterback your friends your friends might don't. be better when you're playing in Vegas I don't know if your friends are better than that let's be fair don't, yeah then, we'll, let's, we'll see let's not forget. and you'll have let's a not chance forget. to prove it if you if you take uh -oh, care of business Corey, my guy crazy but no but well, let's not get away from the quarterback conversation of it all because again we watch this guy he can throw he can throw as good as Sterry Codrington as good as anybody on this list. Anybody He's just as fast. Better He's just either. as fast, if not faster than them. His football acumen is is almost second to none. The guy's instincts in the game are ridiculous, which is why the two mistakes that happened in the championship game are ultimately, one of them which wasn't his fault, the other one which was, are ultimately kind of the reason why he, he fell to two, which doesn't, which well, he lost. The they test? won. Yeah, he's he number lost. one. He's number one. I think people can test... suss out. But... Of but how about this? The... This this is the like the 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 kind of like this is really the 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 capper of it for me, right? When we were looking for interviews for the national championship game, of course we went to Bagway. His words verbatim were, "Go and get one of my other guys. They deserve it because that's who he is too." That's so when you is. have a when you have a leader who's the best athlete on the field, who's unselfish and will let other guys get the, the shine, not only like on the field, but you know in the media because people talk about him enough. He can make every throw that any NFL guy can make. And I've seen NFL guys throw it. When he gets a rare breed, hit that 30-yard deep out at the one-yard line that was an easy touchdown for them at the end of the half and he was rolling out, that is as tough a throw as we've seen any, any guy – in shorts and a t-shirt at a combine, getting ready to get drafted, throw. And let's be clear. Add to that, he has like what? Legitimate four five speed. And the guy's pretty tall. Bagway's he's six, like five. six, foot, six, he's six, he's five? six five, 220. Yeah, big badway's a monster. And then again, put a quarterback that's six five, he can see over body, he can see over everybody, he can jump over everybody. He can pretty much do anything. It, nothing's changed 
I think I've seen way. him fly. I think I've literally seen him like take off like Superman. Uh, like uh, right, well, uh, he, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's I wouldn't be surprised. And, and the only thing, the only person that really could have beat him was someone who was statistically better, and also and and, a and played and played twelve games. And play, Mark yeah, Bagway played like yeah, and Scott Hamilton snacks. is number one on our Easily. top seven quarterbacks. And he should send a cookie bouquet to that offensive line because that offensive line is the best in the league. But still, even even in situations where he had to move or throw the ball, he knew where to put his players in position. He knew how to get the score up. And you say win it on the road, win it against another division. He He did all of it. He's done everything that's been asked of him. So putting him at the top of the list just makes sense to me. And it I does. don't see it. I can see one and three changing up next year. One, 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 two, and I can well, see. We'll one, see. Yeah, let's well, let's let the but, so let's, play out before we talk about it. And, and, but let me just let go. me give my breakdown quarterback wise of what we see from Scott Hamilton because if you talk about any of the one of the, like any of the best qualities on this list except for Mark Bagway and Sterry's and Quattro Huffman's ability to run the ball with speed. But let's just say run the ball. If you take any of the quarterbacks on this list, best qualities, you could put that into Scott Hamilton. We talked about the game management and play calling and understanding of all yeah, the intangibles right. of, of Buck. We talked about right. a quick release and the ability to, you know, put stats on paper that are eye popping of Jeremy Geary. We talk about the uh, the absolute winner kind of like just gets done mentality of a lot of guys on this list, and you know, save Quattro Huffman's ability to play corner, which. Scott, I'd love to see it, but I'm pretty confident. I know. Yeah, that's not know. happening. That's a challenge. Well, the ability Scott, for Bagway or Sterry to get that 70, 80 yard run. Let's also put it out there on fourth and and it was about seven. The the deciding play on the deciding drive for for the Insomniacs. That's a speed option. So if if for whatever reason the Nightcrawlers over pursued on RTC. Scooter was then called upon by his team with the trust of everybody in that stadium that was all rooting for the Insomniacs, literally booing the mm-hmm. Nightcrawlers at times, or completely silent when they would do an amazing play. It, the, the, the responsibility for that play was also on Scott Hamilton's legs when it came down to deciding time. So he didn't get the run because he pitched it on time, but that's also part of his game. So he is the quarterback that we wanted, and he, you know, statistically, and he is the uh, passes the eye test. You know, other than, you know, if we did model shoots or whatever. But maybe, you know, to, to each their own. Hey, he, he's to a each their own. handsome man. Oh, he's a great looking man. I, you know, it, it depends on the, the, the headshot. But, nah, that's my guy. I don't want to, I don't want, I was just, yeah, that was no, just no, no, no. We all seen him. But he's the winner of everything. Yeah. And his team was down. And when his team needed plays in the first half, if they complete mm. some of those passes, they're not down. But when his team needed plays, he, he, he connects through. to David Clark, you know, multiple times. He connects to Munchie on fourth and eights multiple times. Scott Hamilton, based on statistics and results, easily our number one quarterback on the A7FL top seven QBs of 2023. And we still have no. so much other scooter. shit to go through. We are an hour into the show. Yeah, come on now. You a top seven list, you think we're going to breeze past it? <laughs> but let's no get way. into the big news, and then we'll give you the schedules as quickly as possible. It'll be a longer version on the video uh, podcast, so if you're listening to the audio, you're going to get the full-blown schedules there. Um, let's go through really quick the big news. Quattro Huffin going back to the U. We've talked about that. 
Um, Trey Baskerville going to the... That's not big news. It, well, he's the defensive you. player of the year going to the Schnow Tribe. So back-to-back years. The, the big news there is that for back-to-back seasons, the defensive player of the year during the offseason has gone from their team to the Schnow Tribe. So kudos to them for pulling Trey Baskerville, and they think they have a few They're other consistent. people. Yeah. They're staying consistent. Consistency it's matters. not a good thing. Business. But it's what we talked thing. about during our top seven quarterbacks, Mark Bagway's playing for the fucking BIC, guys. Yeah. Well, um, Rob, you – I'll let, be honest. Let's give a little background on this. Let's give some background on this. Since I would say September, there have been uh, conversations about a several different nuclear options that would play out in the offseason. True. And correct me if I'm wrong, last preseason, exactly around this time or a little bit before, we heard a similar rumor, didn't we? Yeah. We and I think they, they were talking yeah. about Bagway going to BIC last year too, which Here, didn't work here's out. the thing. Here's the thing. No, it 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 was very there was logistic reasons why it didn't work out, but it was something that was already in the talk. So for me personally, when I did hear about it a couple of months ago, like the, the Bagway thing has been something that's been being talked about for over a year. But when I heard about the you know, pretty much confirmation that it's happening. It wasn't a surprise. I just needed an explanation of why it didn't happen sooner. And then I, I did get an explanation. And it was it was personal reasons on Bagway's part, you know, and that was that. But in regards to this move now, I mean, the rich get richer, don't they? Is, and, this, is this the biggest player move? One single player going to one single team. And it seems like it's not just... Other than maybe Huff Animals. That's not a that's not a big move in that aspect. It, well, it, you're it, talking it, about. I think Huff going I mean, to Huff the, the animals. Yeah, I think Huff going to the animals cost the U a shot at the Eastern Conference Final. Um, well, it cost Huff too. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, it cost, but it cost them both. this, in terms of, this is Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it kind of is. And, and, nah, and it's the who's the best player in the league? Is is it Kevin Durant? Well, at the time, no, 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 at no, the no, time no, no, when no, Durant no, joined no, the Warriors, like when Durant joined the Warriors God. about a decade ago. Look at it like this. Look at it. Look at it like this. We're not saying Kevin Durant was the best at the time, but we're saying Kevin Durant is one of the best, right? And if we're saying Kevin Durant is one of the best, and then you go to the best team, what do you expect to happen? You know, if you don't stay, if you're not hurt, what do you expect to happen? Of course, a championship is coming. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's just it is. But I, I, I honestly think it's even more. I feel like it's it's LeBron joining it's the Golden State Warriors. That's well, yeah, not Kevin Durant. I, I mean, that's semantics. That's semantics, right? But no, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, you know, the, the fact is, is that when when you look at what Mark Bagway could add to that team, you start to have what, almost what more can questions he add to that than team? answers. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. What can he add to that team? You say that. Well, if they put him at quarterback, the the, they, they the level of quarterback that he plays, no, they won't. They won't. I'm telling you, they might. Won't. I'm not saying they would. I'm saying no, hypothetically, so, so if talk they to were. Me about what happens if he goes to wide receiver? Tell me what. Tell me that. Let's not even talk about well, quarterback. The so first thing that I think of is in in the the conversion of you know get off my lawn, Corey Hammond, of honestly understanding kind of the way that the the Nightcrawlers played A7 football and how they attacked with the mentality of that, you know, back pass and all that kind of, you know, changing of the pocket. I saw when it was performed at its highest potential level, 
the, what the Nightcrawlers were able to do with it. What that, you know, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo nonsense that people who don't know what they're doing are trying, chaos. But when I saw the Nightcrawlers do it, I said, wow, that's impossible to stop if you can control it. What, what that opens up for BIC is they could play with Mark Bagley on the field. They can play a similar style to what the Nightcrawlers were able to do with, if we're correct, the offensive linemen to be able to block long enough so it's not run around with chicken with Corey, your head cut Corey, off, Mark Bagley. Corey, why would they do what the Nightcrawlers do? They're BIC. That, that's what I'm, no, I'm confused I'm saying about. They, they no, have that Corey's option, giving credence no, no. to that, though. Like that's what no, no, no. But I'm saying, why is it? We're not talking about the animals. We're talking about BIC. BIC. But I'm saying they, they now they have that, they now have that option. They have the it, most for whatever reason offense outside of the Insomniacs in the league. Yeah, you can because, also just so wait, so wait, so wait, no, wait, wait, wait. So they didn't have that before this acquisition, is what we're saying. Here's here's why. Because they have extent. three guys who can play quarterback at an MVP level, who can play at any the other position. It's Ashante Sterian Bagwell. Ashante well, Worthy played quarterback in high school. And we, so, so are we completely forgetting who Matt Riddick is? Uh, is Riddick going to be on the team? No, I not heard at he's all. not coming back. I don't know. We'll see. Like, but the thing is, Matt, is, if is, is, is back, Mark Bagway. Hmm. And also, you can't, you, even if you, count, go... you can't count Matt Riddick in until the end of the season. Because the yeah, last few years, way. Matt Riddick has been a guy who has much like Big Rob, and you earn the right to do that. I'm showing like up when Mack the game matters. This year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if if I'm playing the if I'm playing Spanktown Boys at 10 a.m., I'm not showing up. Yeah, yeah I'm not coming. That's kind of how it is. So, <laughs> so for yeah, you said it. You're gonna get yeah. the call now. I know. Now, so. You could. What I'm saying is, is, is they have that option now, Rob. Maybe, maybe they had it before. But what I'm saying is, they have that option now. But the other option that they have is if Sterry's back there, you know, slinging it, and you have the option to throw to. And these are just three guys: Bagway, Ashanti Worthy, and Kason Campbell. There's not three corners in the league that you could put on an all-star team that can line up against those three guys and one of them is not wide open every single time. Now you're asking a team and also, to somehow have three guys that could cover those guys? And now you have to deal with the fact that Sterry Codrington, or if it's Mark Bagley, but Sterry Codrington is going to run for 83 yards if you don't you know, get him in the backfield somehow with that extra rusher. And then you have the other eligible receivers on that field. Or any of and one of them and, might be play, sneaking in at tight end, and his yeah. name is Courage Mosey. And then you have Baby Joker, who's going to be a running back for that team that we talked about last week. Like yeah, this that boy's not going to play. <laughs> Rob, Rob does not love that I, pickup. I, I, know, I don't. But, I don't love. I don't what, love the Bagway pickup either. I, I, I want to be clear on that because I don't necessarily. I understand, but I don't understand because it's like yes, the rich get richer, but the Bagway style of player at receiver you have in Matt Riddick. You're not going to have Bagway for eight regular season games. I'm You're not, not going to have Matt Riddick that. for eight regular season games. Right. So then you end up in the same situation you were in last but year if you where have, but these here's monsters the thing. are not here's here. The thing. If you could have Mark Bagway and you know Tampa doesn't have Mark Bagway. Yeah, it doesn't. And does not. And, and That's a win. And that you, is a win. And also the Snow <laughs> the Tribe doesn't have Mark Bagway. 
because you have to think about (laughs) what would some of these other teams do. Because let's not forget the fact that with what's going on in Nevada, why wouldn't the Insomniacs at the flag tournament this weekend talk to some of the people that are down there? Well, because the Insomniacs lost in that flag tournament against, you know, soon-to-be Nightcrawlers, and I have that on very good authority. But why wouldn't they have conversations with people who are down there who happen to be very good at flag football, who also happen to play in the A7FL and someone we may or may not, you know. So so what's what's the message that we're sending here? If you can't – well, are we saying if we can't beat them, join them? Or are we saying – Hey, let's just gather up all the competition so we don't have to play these motherfuckers. It, it, and then, it, well, it's a matter of you start to sound like me, Rob. How a little bit? That's the how point. about this? <laughs> There's going to be a day where everyone's going to get put into the pot and try to turn this into something different. I think that these teams are. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that are going to be like. No, my friends. But they're better. But there's a there's a step there's a next step coming. I don't know what it is. But or it when feel, yeah. yeah. It feels like the Insomniacs, the U, and definitely the BIC are trying to stay ahead of that curve. Well, the the other thing is that we said, right? And we said this that I think it was either the, the episode after or the second episode after the championship, is overcorrection. It's overcorrection. So we talked about it and we kind of like laid it out there and because we already, you know, Rob was already starting to hear some of this stuff and we can't report things yeah. when we know them, by the way. We know all of these things that everybody's yeah, we know and all of our children. We know we don't, we're, we're professionals, so we want to make sure that, you know, teams have their privacy and their right to, you know, say what they want to when they want to. But we already knew that this kind of, this shoe was going to drop and what we were telling and have been saying to teams like, for instance, I don't know, a team that has won a championship and now they face the tougher test, which is repeating as champions, which has been something that we've been warning them for as long as I think I feel like, the, you know, since they won the, the championship and started talking. Um, the overcorrection does happen a lot in the A7FL. And my thing is, is that it is interesting to hear what Rob is saying, though, because there is a counterpoint to the building of a super team, especially when you don't have a full eight weeks with guys there present working, getting to know each other, getting, you know, pause. We haven't paused in a while. So pause intimate with each other. So they know what to expect in the big time situations. So it's not the first time against live bullets that they're ever doing this. Sometimes the more you add you, there's a, there's a, a subtraction by addition eventually that happens. Right, and that's kind and I of think what happened to BIC last year is they had such a stacked roster going in that there was almost a lackadaisical effort that they attacked each A7FL day because they kind of had that, oh, well, we're we're so much better on paper that we don't have to be above and beyond better, which is not what won them the championship in 2022. No. In 2022, what won them the championship is that every day – they woke up and they had to grit their teeth because they lost to the U as many times the as they before. did the previous year. Right. But I, so you, I specifically, like Rob Fabian. I feel like that shared goal of beating the shit out of Vegas is the huge galvanizer for some of this. And also, to be completely selfish for just a minute, how sure. fun is that this hypothetical is a reality now? 
Like just purely as possible, guys right? who get yeah. to call the game, as people yeah, who get to fun. like it's big time. It's, it's a real, fun, but, it's a real pro football but, league type move. But hear me, out. I'm really well, on NBA my Corey Hammond I'm I'm really yes. Corey Hammond today. I'm super Corey Hammond yes. today. Do it. As Corey fun Hansen. as it is, Corey Handsome, indeed. As <laughs> fun as it is, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, it would be fun. Yes, all that, right? But when you got when one of your favorite players is Trey Cohen, it's not fun. That's fair. When one of your favorite players is Umar Butter Lewis, it's not fun. When one of your favorite players is Kaysan Campbell, it's not fun. Because can I present the thing that happened? That argument, though? Of course, they can sure join up with, with the this. Renegades and your boy no, 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 no. Have... eighty catches this year as the number Please. one option. If you option, have, guys, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> Ashante Worthy and and Mark Bagway on the same side of the field, and you're mm-hmm. running three other wide receivers or two other wide receivers, how the fuck is a secondary supposed to keep up with that? Knowing Sterry uh, can run nine they yards. They only got on two him. blockers, Rob. You better send three. That's the. Th- that's what I'm saying. But that's like, the thing is, like that high. opens up shots for Kason and no, for Umar. No, it, for, they, I don't, they can, You can I, use those other guys as decoys, and that spreads the ball. We away. have. We like. I know we literally have proof of concept, but it could. It theoretically, no, with Sterry behind center, we, it could work. We have proof of concept that Umar, Trey, and KK can't get it done. When everyone else doesn't show up, you know why they can't get it done? Though they've been on that team, they haven't been utilized the way they need to be utilized in order to have the experience and the know-how to deal with certain teams. Umar was getting catches against the U, but ultimately it didn't really lead anywhere. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, they might have lost by a point or whatever the situation was, but in reality, these t- these players have to be ready to face teams like that. And you can't be ready sitting the bench, but bro. If, but I'm putting in situations where they aren't on the bench, where they're actually on the other side, where they can get the ball, where they can get... And the- that's against... That's against bottom tier teams and bums, but when it when the shit hits the fan, they're not calling their names. Maybe Kaysan. Maybe Kaysan, for sure, because Kaysan's an upper tier receiver. Just, He's proven that. I just that. think if, if Bagway had the opportunity to have him and if if you allowed Sterry last year and said, "Hey, if you had Bagway and and Kason in the slot on one side, and then you had Ashante on the other side, you know double coverage is coming for Bagway and Ashante. Yeah, wouldn't Kaysan's it make it? Eat. Wouldn't it make it so much better instead of having guys that are getting in single coverage when Ashante's not there when he's hurt? These guys are learning in double coverage and figuring out these defensive schemes and then getting the getting more touches. This is them a chance for them to get more touches, especially if Bagway's not at every game, if Riddick's not at every game, it forces those guys to step up and then 1, in crunch percent. time in crunch time, you know, okay, it's the Steve Kerr situation with the Bulls. It's like, oh, they're gonna c- double cover Scotty, they're gonna double cover Michael. Fuck it, kick it to Kerr. Kerr gets the fucking basket. You win, you move and, on. And, but, but what I think Rob is saying. Wait, before, go ahead. Go wait, ahead now, you say it the thing is, I agree with you, Matt. I don't think Matt Riddick, nor do I think um, Bagway are going to be in eight games, eight full games. So, yes, Umar, KK, Trey. These guys are going to eat. Jason Sisson, Ashante Worthy. They're going to eat for sure. But, again, I'm trying to avoid what happened last season. Whatever internal issue caused BIC to not be focused on what they needed to be focused on, because, again, no one told me. It's just you kind of have to guess. It's injury. It's internal stuff. It's not being hungry for the chip, whatever it is. And they're going to hate me for it because they hate when I talk about them. But it's as simple as 
don't give Umar, Trey, and KK all this playtime when these monsters aren't here. And then when big games come, you sit them. That's going to cause yeah. issues. Like, but they I, earn the spot at this point, right? So thinking too, like, too fucking perfect world with, oh, they right, be, right, right, they'd right, be right, included right. more in the offense. But I do think in this situation, after what happened last year, everyone right. who's coming back has to look at each other in the fucking face and say, we fucked up. And I think that goes for Bagway, too, because he was two drives away from winning the fucking championship. Like everybody, everybody. He was he was a he was a Quincy Burtz away from championship. Let's be clear. He's a Baltimore special away from maybe being a two time champion. Right. Oh, shit. Think about Yeah, the Nightcrawlers. But all right, so that's that's the angle I think we we just shift to real quickly because this is the last thing that I'll say here. It's 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 tough to disagree with either of you guys because you know both of these things make sense. But I will say this: this is what this is what bit this is what bit BIC on the butt last year. A list of names is only a list of names until right. they show up and work with each other in the games that matter. Right. What was what was the most important game on the schedule for BIC last year in the regular the U, season? The U games. And they didn't show up to that game? Then I don't care what your list of names is. And I think I, right. I trust Kenny Stansberry to learn from his mistakes of last year. So 100%. I think that I think I'm 100% on board with whatever these moves that are going on and there's more. <laughs> uh, 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 At least a half Let's dozen. just be thank- Like a but, half but dozen how about more. This? It's fucked I mean, up. We get into, it's fucked they up. Get bone. Right. It's a they list of names. Bone today. They announced Bone today. Oh, yeah. Bone. Bone's going to be there. Bone's on BIC. Bone's on BIC. There's certain, there's certain political political action groups, right, that are going to be returning at times when Ashanti's not, also from the Baltimore area. And we're not talking about those dirty liberals, Scott McCorkle. We know you hate I those. Thought you, man, I, I, thought you about, I thought you were talking about those ghosts with no legs, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, waka waka, indeed, gentlemen. Um, but 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 to finish to finish that point, guess what else? If Mark Bagway doesn't play for the Nightcrawlers, we better not hear Vegas saying that they want to switch now. You guys got Ohio. That's it. <laughs> you don't get to switch now. But let's talk about the schedule, which is what this show was initially going to be about. And it's about <laughs> us and everything. This is and the, two hours is not enough. This is what can, can we I say are, something to you, Matt? Yes. You always can. What a freaking surprise, though. The schedule is a that's a surprise. It's not live yet. But, well, but let's go through the 2024 schedule as it stands, and we're gonna start with the defending champions. Let's go through the 2024 schedule as it stands, and we're gonna start. With the defending champions. Bagway. Here's Davis. Is that Russell a Logo Davis? Pass? Logo Davis! That's right, we start off with the Insomniacs. They will start week one by taking on the force in a big playoff showdown. Uh, that's a playoff caliber match in week two. They take on the Hunters week three. They continue their tour of the bottom tiers. They take on the Pit Bosses in week four. They take on the Kryptonite, OTT in week five. And then in week six, round four, 
It's the sick with it and the insomniacs, and the insomniacs end the season wow. against the gold. We go over to the sick with it real quick. Pit bosses in week one, OTT in week two, force in week three, hunters in week four, gold insomniacs, and then they round it out against the kryptonite, the top two teams in the A7FL. Starting off differently, and I think ending a little differently here, guys, as you see the other games going up on the screen right now. Uh, but we'll go through the other teams really quickly. Force will start off against the Insomniacs, as we said. They'll go up against the Gold. Then they'll take on Sick With It, OTT, the Kryptonite, Pit Fossers, Pit Bosses, and the Hunters. The Kryptonite will take on the Hunters, Pit Bosses, Gold, Insomniacs, Force, OTT, and Sick With It as OTT will take on the gold, sick with it, the hunters, force, insomniacs, kryptonite, and the pit bosses. The hunters look to bring fear and loathing against the kryptonite in week one. In week two against the insomniacs, they go up against the OTT, sick with it, pit bosses, gold, and force. And then for the gold, it's the OTT, force, then kryptonite. And then they have the pit bosses, sick with it, hunters, and insomniacs. That's actually a really good schedule because they, they really get good, really upper-tier games every other game or every other two games. So it's not like they're running into a wall in back-to-back -back weeks. And we round out Nevada with the Pit Bosses. They open up against Sick With It. They go up against the Kryptonite, then the Insomniacs. Then they take on the Gold, Hunters, Force, and then end the season against the OTT. Uh, the Gold schedule stands out to me as one, guys, that might be beneficial for, for them in the long run. But outside of the Insomniac, Sickwit, and Force, I can't really see a lot of teams walking out of here anywhere beyond five and two or maybe four and three. Well, I think Man, the interesting will Well, the interesting thing will be is who are these teams, right? Because yeah. when we look at the alienators in the fall, and shout outs to the guys over in Vegas putting on a great fall, a lot of great things to watch. Check out Dante Moncrief. And also, if you've missed it, because this is Friday. Go back in time and check me out on the other side of the ball or any Wednesday, wherever podcasts aren't sold. But what the fall is doing is the alienators, they're probably going to end up being the pit bosses. The alliance seem like they're likely going to be mostly force guys. We don't know where the outlaw guys are going to end up because they don't can put up as much money you be a spring a seven team as specifically currently constituted as outlaws. So they might end up in, let's say maybe as the gold, because they're the only other fall team that's not existent. So let's just say that the outlaws, the third best team in the fall end up being the gold. That means that that gold insomniacs game week seven might be you know have a little bit more juice to it mm -hmm. the pit bosses well the pit bosses as the alienators they look to be a little bit more competent that means that the pit bosses oh, force God. game might change the way that that figures out but i am vegas, excited to see uh, ahead, vegas Rocky, is never gonna like you yeah vegas is never gonna like you Corey. you could say all this nice shit <laughs> it's not gonna matter all i heard after everything matt said was week six Insomniacs versus Sick with it. There's literally well, I also want to see Sick Force because what uh, we're being promised is that Deion Fox is has has gotten it together. Now I haven't seen and, it, and I don't care until he beats Sick. If he beats Sick, then we'll talk about him. Other than that, 
it sounds well, he like gets, he gets Insomniac. a shot week one to do what sick has never been able to do is is play a close game against the insomnia well, that's not like, true that's not true week one last year sick was close here's a question anyway. that i have for you guys for the players that are not on the top three teams heading into spring if you take a look at the gold schedule are you like fuck that might be the most advantageous for us because we know the OTT and the pit bosses are going to be similar to what they are in fall. We know the same for the hunters. Like, w is this an opportunity I, for for a quote unquote fourth, you know, fourth team to I, rise I don't up mind, and build off of that roster? Well, but I don't mind looking at the way that their their schedule structured and saying that could be advantageous. But all these teams have to play all these teams, so I don't think you could look at it and say that this is what matters. What I think, you know, what's going to matter is, is that what is the roster and how is it constituted a lot more than guys choosing to go to that roster. And I, you know, what I want to see from Vegas is similar to what we saw from, you know, not what BIC did with combining the three and the two in our list, but what we saw at the five and six on our quarterback list is now those guys are going to get their own rosters that they control and they're the main quarterback for. I want to see a little bit more of that in the Vegas division because if we get a lot of good quarterback play out there and there are enough, we could lift five guys off our name that, that are capable, right? And then there's a sixth guy that's promised to us, and all I can do is intercept things and be a kicker for the Insomniacs. But the guy that stands out, the two guys that stand out for me, are Trey Robinson and Darnell Richardson. Mm -hmm. And if you're not one of the top three teams, those are the two guys at the quarterback position that if you get on your uh, roster, maybe they can make a difference. Now, Rob is going to groan, and that's fair. No, I'm going <laughs> to laugh. I'm not going to groan. Okay. I'm just going to laugh. We saw Trey be a be a, a really no, great no. quarterback in that I fall. didn't laugh at Trey. I didn't laugh at Trey. Oh. I laughed at Darnell because prior to, you know, last season when they had the fall and everybody was hot. Remember, we had a great debate about Darnell being this phenomenal quarterback. You picked just K. To Uno, to be, to be clear, by the way, because you were trolling. But anyway. But, sure. but here's another <laughs> thing to throw into the works before we move on. Uh, and we'll run through L.A. real quick after this. There were six playoff spots in Nevada. There are six playoff spots in the north, Northeast. That's a lot. After, six in the Northeast as well? Yeah. Damn. Because that counts for uh, the DMV too. Mm. So that accounts for everybody up here on the top right side of the country. Um, I mean, we know, we to, know one, two, to, and three. And to yeah. be clear, I think Ohio and Florida, they, you guys still only get one. They get, uh, yeah, they get wild. They get a wild card representative. Um, who is decided between the three seed and the two seed uh, for the Midwest. It's four versus th one, three versus two, and then they have the Midwest champion. That would lead to yeah, the come elite. correct. Yeah. And then maybe you get six, like Vegas and, and the Northeast. Anyway. But we, we move on now to Los Angeles, and we'll go through L.A. real quick. Listed on the schedule this year for three teams, the Regulators, the Bounty Hunters, and the Aces. Uh, the Aces will play the Regulators in Week 1, the Bounty Hunters in Week 2, then come back in Week 5, and then they reverse the, the they reverse it. Bounty Hunters, and then the Regulators. For the Regulators, it's Aces in Week 1, Bounty Hunters in Week 3, Aces in Week 6, Bounty Hunters in Week 7. The Bounty Hunters play the Aces and Regulators in Week 2 and 3, and then in Week 5 and 7, the Aces and the Regulators as same verse as the first verse. Matt, you're such a nice guy. I love you for it. 
Because I lied to you not. You would have gave me that read. I've been like, oh, it's three teams. These motherfuckers play each other. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter when. Doesn't Both matter work. Where. Both work. <laughs> so if you if you like the way they match it better, words, then listen to that. Roger said, wood. these three teams, they play the trust of the trust. We move it on. What's oh Ohio State? All right, I love let's that. go through the team that got one game away from being the first non-Northeast division to play in an A7FL championship. It's time to take out, take a look at what's going on in the Midwest and Ohio. Boo. Oh, my fault. I sneezed. I sneezed. <laughs> Rob's booing. Rob's booing the, the, his, his, his teammates because he just took just a break cut, from cut 2K. He took a break. His, his, his players on the bench right now at 2K, and, and the rest of the players that are on the lead, they're blowing the lead that he built with his my player. <laughs> Come on, MP. I hate how accurate that is. But we start off with the Western Conference semifinalist, the Sin City Chaos. They fired a coach or two, and they start their season off against the QC Crush in week one. In week two, they go up against the Guard Dog, one of the new teams coming out of Columbus. They get a bye in week three. Then they take on the Covington Heist, who you can consider the fourth best team in the Midwest, the second best team in the Midwest, in my opinion, in week four. Then they take on the new Columbus Explorers in week five. And then week six, they take on the Indianapolis Octane, playing their first season in the A7FL. And then they round them out with our favorite team, the Olin Tanky Vault Eagles. For the Covington Heist, it's the Octane in week one, the Crush in week two, the Explorers in week three, and then it's the Chaos, Guard Dogs, and Volcanoes, and then they wrap it up in week seven with a nice bye. The Crush, they have a bit of a tough schedule in week one and two because they have the Chaos, then the Heist, but things may level out a little bit as they take on the Octane, then the Volcanoes, then they get a week five bye, and then they play against the two new teams from Columbus, the Guard Dogs and Explorers, to close out their season. The Let me just say that that's doing the crush dirty because the two new teams, they get weeks to get it together yeah. and then they pay the crush. So, well, it's the Volcanoes, to too. Like, take, let's take a look at their schedule. They get a buy in week one. Then they have the Explorers, the Guard Dogs, the Crush, the Octane, but then they end their season back to back. Like they could start their season maybe two and three, you know, two and two, maybe three and one. And then they have to play the Heist and the Chaos in back-to-back weeks, and there are only four spots to move so on in the So the Midwest. Volcanoes could be going into that matchup like like one of those, like, you know, MAC, the MAC yeah. conference teams, where they're undefeated, their point differential's crazy, and they're like, oh, we're so good. The Loy- go your Loyola. Yeah. Who, who's the first, who's the first <laughs> team they play? They, they play Chaos or, or the, Heist? They play the Heist, then the Chaos. Right, so then they go into the, the heist, and then they lose, but it's a close game, and they're like, ah, but we got this. We got, we're coming for the chaos. And then the chaos absolutely boat race them. So it'll be, it'll be, their story could be what the Sin City Chaos story was last year. And let's take a look <laughs> at the Octane. They start week one against the Covington Heist. That is a rough welcome to the A7FL. Yeah, that is tough. That's but, tough. But, That's not even fair. But then they get a bye in week two. <laughs> Uh, in week they get three, to recover. In week three, they get a bit of a challenge in the crush. So they, they in, okay. uh, in their first two games, they're playing against established teams. So that is a rough welcome to the team from the city of Indianapolis. 
Uh, but then they have the explorers, the volcanoes, then the chaos, and then they walk out against the guard dogs. I can see them picking up two to three wins. Like I, I can I, see, I, I can I'm see. I'm excited them. to see what Indianapolis has to yeah. do. And shout outs to the to the Ohio, you know, we'll call them the Midwest Division, because they're growing, and that's what we love to see as A7FL people for sure. And uh, we take a look at the Guard Dogs, one of the new teams coming out of Columbus. They start off against the Explorers, then they get the Chaos in Week 2. The Volcanoes in Week 3, then a bye. And then they have to run a bit of a gauntlet. It's the Heist, then the Crush, and then they end the season against the Octane. Our final week of the our final team, the Explorers, crash into Columbus against the Guard Dogs in Week 1. The Volcanoes in Week 2. Then it's the heist, the octane, then the chaos, then a buy, and then end the season against the crush. If you're any team right now, you really wish that you had the volcano schedule because weeks one through three, you get the buy out of the way, then you play the two new teams, then you have the crush, the octane, that but you have that heist and chaos back to back, which is tough, but. Do you want to start your season against those two teams, or do you want to end your season against those two teams? Like, what's more advantageous to be the crush or the volcano? So, the so, sounds like a I'd Santa rather Monica. start. My bad, I was gonna make a joke. Sounds like the Santa Monica oh. vibe to me. Remember when they came uh, in yeah. the league and they were three and zero, and they were the faces of the league with the pants of the league as well? Yeah, how'd that go? Terrible. But I'd rather start tough. Starting tough gives you an. An advantage it gives you an opportunity to feel like feel what the competition is and you know you won't get it going there with a false sense of security like false sense of security is if you know what the best have done already so if you start tough you'll probably end up better than a team that started like soft and you know that's fair I, I, I well, if you look at like the renegades if you look at like the renegades last year week one they gave BIC a run for their money and they, they could have shocked the world with that win if they were to able to get it. So maybe you catch, you know, a, a team early, that's better. But also sure. you look at the way they started the week two after playing BIC and losing a tight game, they lost to the animals in a tight game. And then all, all of a sudden they're 0-2. They're at the bottom of the division looking up like, geez, guys, a lot of work to do. And and they did eventually climb back in it. But, you know, that, right. that is – And that's, that's kind of what you with look two for. Tough that games, eventual, that it, eventual it, two ways you could go. Yeah. But that eventual climb back, like, I, I don't like when people say they look at the schedule and don't know who's going to win or lose. I, the year, the two years I won the chip, I knew how many games we were going to win and we were going to lose. I already, And that's because you you have to be realistic. You can look at the schedule and say, hmm, this is a toss-up. Even if I feel like I'm better, are we better? Can, are we they going to get the best of us that day? You know, whatever the situation is. So starting off 0-2 isn't necessarily the worst thing if you know those were your two toughest games, yes, you got but the sometimes a young locker room, like like guys that are that are new to the either to the league or to that team, you st starting off zero and two is a tough place to start because sometimes people are starting to you know fade away or or or, or diverge yeah. from and what those the plan people. Is. So those that's people really that make football. a break time. Yeah, that's that's true too. But anyway, yeah, those people shouldn't be playing football. I'm not gonna lie. And the defending. Eastern Conference champions start their season against the O-Town Orange in week one. They take on the Ghosts in week two. In week three, they go up against the A-Team and, well, first verse, same as the second verse, as they will be the Orange, Ghost, and A-Team playing them again in weeks three and five, six, and seven. 
Nightcrawlers, it's uh, Nightcrawl. Uh, pardon me, the Orange play the Nightcrawlers in weeks one and five. They play the A-teams in week two and six, and the Ghosts in week three and week seven. For the Ghosts, they start off against the A-team in week one, the Nightcrawlers in week two, the Orange in week three, week five, six, and seven. A-team, Nightcrawlers, and Orange. And finally, for the returning Tampa A-team, it's the Ghosts, the Orange, the Nightcrawlers, then the Ghosts, the Orange, and the Nightcrawlers. Uh, it's the Nightcrawlers' division to lose. I don't see them in a situation to where they will lose the Florida division. Is is they it? Won't. No, they won't lose it. They won't lose it. I can guarantee they won't lose it. Well, what I'm I saying is, is that the, the news that we kind of broke today, I think it could be something that changes the, at least the perception of those teams going in on what their chances are. And I, that's, honestly, that's dangerous. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's a team that, you know, plays the Nightcrawlers head-to-head and it's either a tight game or the Nightcrawlers get an L somewhere or, or here and there. Stop, I mean, stop look, disrespecting still... Logo Davis, bro. Please stop. Uh, disrespecting right? Logo Davis. Stop. We, yeah, we got to – Yeah, but Logo we were Davis. talking. But yeah, there's, also, there's also guys on that roster that I don't think we mentioned enough, like Tyree McCants, who's a former UCF, you know, big-time – D1 collegiate football star. Uh, actually, is it UCF or USF? I think it's UCF. But anyway, Google it and you'll see his highlights. They're crazy. Plus, he's a really great player in our league. And then I think BMA Keys kind of gets lost. And Rico Brown, who we had, who had yeah, what, like on, 200, 275 yards of receiving, they definitely yeah. have the talent. I'm not saying that. But do those guys, do, do Mark Bagway's guys, because that's what we've heard all this time about the Nightcrawlers, right? Because Mark mm-hmm. Bagway's guys showed up. All of a sudden, they were the best team in, in the A7FL uh, Florida. Maybe, you know, one of the best teams in the league as soon as those guys showed up. If Mark Bagway's not there, are those guys? We'll see. That's Florida. Well, I, mean, I mean, you're right. You got a point. Why not, right? I'm, look, if it, if it goes the way that it went, then it is what it is. Right. I said something that sounds fun. <laughs> we start. Let's talk about the actual schedule, though. I want to see who I'm Damn. playing. Let's go. We started with the, the champs, schedule. and we... End with the division that started it all in season 10. And we start things off with the defending Northeast champions, the Baltimore Watchmen. They start things off really tough, really quickly, as the as it is Buck versus Huff in week one. The Watchmen Damn. will play the U, and that one Damn. will be our 4 o'clock game on Games of the Week. That is one of our first Games of the Week. The other one's wow. another one that we'll be getting to you in a minute. Then in week Baltimore can't get away from the U, can no, they? No, they cannot. Uh, week two, specifically the rare breed, can they can't? No. And now they're the Watchmen, but we know. The it, if you know, you know. In week two, the Buzz will take on the Watchmen for the first of two times this season. Then the new team in the Northeast. Ace it's a yeah, Ace versus Buck. That one's going to be one hell of a game. And in week three, the Nova Charge, representing Northern Virginia. Charles Sharp Jr. running that team. You might know him as the viral Rastaman Flash uh, when LJ, Corey, and Rob were calling the action last season when I was off one week. But the charge will play them in week three. Then it's the BIC and the Watchmen in week four. That one's going to be bonkers. Then you have the charge in week five, the buzz in week six, and they round everything out against the Animals 
in week seven. Let's go through the rest of the DMV. The Buzz will start things off against the Charge and then against the Watchmen in week two. The Snow Tribe in week three. They take on the Nova Charge in week four. Buzz versus you. Huff versus Ace in week number five. Then the second matchup against the Watchmen in week six. And in week seven, the Nova Charge. And speaking of the Charge, they open things up against the Buzz in week two. It's against the Snow Tribe. In week three against the Watchmen, week four against the Buzz, week five against the Watchmen one more time, and then they round things out against the Renegades in week six, and then the DC Buzz in week seven. And let's let's get it out of the way for our quarterback. Let's talk about the East Orange Renegades. They start things off against the Snow Tribe for the first Ooh. of three meetings in the regular three, season. Three meetings? Wow. Oh, that's disgusting. In Ooh. week two, it'll be the Renegades against the BIC, the Renegades against the Animals. Tough. In week four, Renegades Ugh. against the U, against the Snow Tribe in week five, the Charge in week six, and then rounding things out against the Snow Tribe in week seven. Ew. That's ugly. Hey. And with six spots in the Northeast, that Renegades schedule... Is a little playoff friendly if you don't. Yeah, if they, can, nah, if they beat that. the snow, no, no, no. If Corey, you don't have to do it, I'm gonna earmuffs, Corey. I'm a, earmuffs. Yeah, yeah. earmuffs. If the Renegades can get past the Snow Tribe three times, they're 500. If they, if they get they two out of game. three, like if they beat the Charge and they take two out of three against the Renegade against the Snow Tribe, and they defeat they the have, animals, that right. that and puts them in the yeah. run. Yeah, bro, they're they're four. They they won four games. In a, like, what is it? A six game schedule? Yeah, and like right there, oh, nah, I think yeah, it's gonna two, be. Bro. That's nuts. I think the Buzz and the Renegades are gonna be fighting for that five six seed alongside the Snow Tribe, like the Watchmen. Kind of wild. Like the, that's gonna be a three team race, and I think oh, it's gonna just, end up falling. Oh, Buzz Renegade Snow Tribe. I think that's how it might fall out. Um, oh, they're going to tag us so crazy. But let's go this. through this the snow. Well, we're saying the snow tribe's going to make the playoffs for the third straight year. Yeah, we're done. Guys we're done? done. We're done. Okay, so as here, here, you guys know me as the personality, media personality, Corey Hammond quarterback. Listen, guys, schedule doesn't matter. Every week, you got to give your best against your opponent because they're going to come out and give you their best. So we're, we're, we're focused right now on week one. We'll get to week two when we get to it. But right now, focus is on week one. But it's it's about getting the renegades where they need to be. We don't give a shit about who we play. We're going to focus on us until that week one. And whoever it ends up being, that's who we're going to play. Give your balls a tug. Mm. Moving on to the Snow Tribe. Week one against the renegades. Week two against the charge. Week three against the buzz. Then the animals. Then against the renegades again. BIC in week six and the Renegades in week seven. To be honest, guys, the Snow Tribe have what might be the best schedule for the Snow Tribe. They don't have the Patterson U. They do yeah. not have the Watchmen. Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the Snow Tribe have a cakewalk. If the Snow Tribe were able to get past the Renegades three times, just lose to BIC. And you, they got the buzz, right? Yeah, the buzz and the charge. Just lose to, just lose to BIC and the buzz. They're friends too, and they're walking into playoffs very comfortable with the heightened sense of confidence being that well, the way this is a winning season for them. Out, we'll get into the animals, the BIC, and the U in a second. Ugly. We might see a situation where the BIC or the U could be the five seed. 
No, they're you know, it's not a surprise. In a, in oh, a worst case scenario, because last year we saw the fuck. All three Target of the, the three, we had the three <laughs> Spider-Mans looking at each other, right. and they all shot each other. So, like, this could be a thing, but so, so, Snow Tribe of the top three, they they only play BSE. They play the BIC and and the Buzz and the Buzz that, of the top. Well, four. I, and listen, let we'll get to the Buzz. We'll get to the Buzz, but let's be clear. I mean, you know, if the Buzz are the Gators. That's that's not a that's, that's not, not a, a, no a we're saying that's not an easy we're saying uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're saying they'll lose two games best Those case scenario games. their best case Listen, scenario is five I want to see I want to see what the Nova charge is all about I want to see what that logo is I want to know where Nova is is it Northern like Nova Virginia. from Marva Northern uh, Nova oh, stands oh, for oh, Northern Virginia yeah that's cool Somebody put me on too that's super cool but that is actually pretty yeah, really and, dope I was gonna make a Marvel reference you know the Nova yeah yeah let's marvel at the the Silk City Animals, who look to sling some web in the 2024. <laughs> are you booing me? Or are you booing the... I'm booing the Silk City Animals, boo. Why are you booing them? Well, for what? What because, did they do to you? Uh, no, I'm tired you, of no you're yeah, going to nah. feel bad for them in a second. Um, oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to rejoice. <laughs> week one. <laughs> Rob Savage Week today. one against the BIC. Yep. Week two the against the U. 0-2. Week 3 against the Renegades. 0-4. Week 4 against the Snow Tribe. 0-5. Week 5 against the BIC. 0-6. BIC twice. Oh, it gets oh, worse, no. bro. Week 6 to you. Oh, yeah, you twice. Okay, and week no, 7. Week 7 is the Watchmen. Oh, oh that's man. not yo, funny listen. anymore. No, 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 no. That's not yeah, funny that's, anymore. That, yo, you, I was just joking. I was just joking. Them anymore. No, I can't boo them. No, that's crazy. No, that's crazy. Hey, hey, Santista Bond, you got to go talk to somebody, bro. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Listen, y'all prove this I just found out that, that I recruited, that I recruited from the animals. I, I actually made the decision that I wanted to go back to the animals. I'm not going to say there is. Go have fun. I'm, I'm going to give him a call once the schedule drops. I think he might come back. <laughs> Be like, hey, bro, it's it's a lot easier on this side. You won't, yeah. Listen, these games are going to be televised. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, Some of these bro. are games listen. of the week. Oh, this be like, bro, be so somebody's watching fun. this. Be like, bro, people are watching this. Nah, that's not fair. That schedule is no. I'm not even trying to be funny no more, bro. All jokes aside, Yo, that's a brutal schedule. Bro. Who did? That's rough. Who did they piss off? Yo, what? did y'all think Huff was still coming back? Damn, bro, what? that's not even cool oh, for Huff coming back. What the fuck? Haven't nah. the animals suffered enough? Nah, yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't want to joke on them no more. I'm, What's the listen, point? I am thankful that that is not the listen. Damn. I just gave the whole the whole politically correct quarterback thing. I thank I will thank God tonight that that is not my schedule. Oh my oh, God! Shit, that is brutal. They got BIC twice, the U twice, and the Watchmen. <laughs> yo, yo, how about this? How about this? Three What's... weeks in a row. Nah. How, oh, what is the insomniac? Listen, we talked about this last pod. Let's just let's just do it right now. What is the insomniac schedule in that schedule? What is it? B I C U, Renegade Snow Tribe Insomniac, B I C U, and then who's the last game? The Watchmen. And then Watchmen. Oh. <laughs> Bob, what's the what's no, the insomniac? What's the force? Was. What's the the insomniacs play the force? The hunters and the pit bosses to start the season. They end the season against OTT, sick with it, and the gold. Wow. Yeah, no, nah, that's that's listen, crazy, bro. Listen, wow. I'm man. sorry, Santista Bob. Yo, sorry. We, I have nothing to do. I'm not. I, Me, I, have, I have nothing to do, to do with that. that shit either. Me neither, bro. I'm I'm with Corey. I don't got nothing to <laughs> oh do with that shit. Oh my god. 
Don't look for if me, If I bro, knew I'm somebody a... who had something to do with this, I would tell that person, yo, that's, yeah, that's fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah, that's fucked up, bro. <laughs> nah, that's fucked up. I'm not even trying to be funny, bro. That's abuse. That's literal abuse. Uh, after this job, I'm, I'm recruiting based off of this, this fifth, what, what, six-minute segment? Oh, my goodness. Yo, I take back the booze, fellas. I love y'all, man. I need somebody to talk to, bro. I'm here for y'all. I'm not even joking because that's abuse. That's not a fair schedule for anyone. The fuck? Ugh. Listen, as great as the Insomniacs are, and I, I said last week that in 2023 they might go undefeated in the Northeast. You don't go, you don't go undefeated through that schedule. Playing those teams, not twice. that schedule, no, not that schedule. That schedule's brutal. Fuck well, you. That schedule's I just ridiculous. Form our entire production team, but this conversation has broken me as a person. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh fuck. That's oh. all right. Let's let's let's, you ever laugh? let's get did past you, the did, funeral. Matt, did you tell the person who had anything to do with this to go fuck themselves? <laughs> no, by the way, because... not because of this. Hey. All right, anyway, Shit. <laughs> Mr. Santista Bond, you better tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> I can hear him now. Nah, we're Whoever, not playing this. Bullshit we ass talked schedule, about the, we talked about the day with Sterry Codrington, and I don't mean that. So, anybody who is trying to get offended, that's not what that is. If you're clipping this. Whoever they are is is brutal today. That is brutal. Yeah, they not anyway, fucking with y'all. Damn. Get the fucking shit out of these teams. Damn. Well, for the U, it doesn't start that easy uh, to begin with. It's not as bad as the animals, <laughs> is it? At least they don't play the U twice. No, Go but ahead. they do Let's play see. somebody twice. Hold on. I gotta be. I gotta that, be. That, that's again. that's that that's for the fans. Oh. That's for every. That's what everybody wants to see. Oh probably. fuck! Give me a. All right. Now it's time for the Patterson U. There we go. I am myself again. Uh, the Watchmen in week one for the Patterson U. Then the Animals. And they play the BIC for the first of two times this season. Oh, shit. And then That's fun, week though. three, the BIC week four against the Renegades. Week five against the Buzz. And then week six against the Animals. Week seven against the BIC. That's right. The BIC in wow. the U and the regular season. Damn. That's, that's okay. Fun, okay. Okay. I'll say one thing. I think if this schedule were to remain the way it is, there's a slight understanding as to why some of these teams are playing each other more than once. Yeah. What the issue we ran into last year was the three headed issue where Watchmen beat the U, the U beat yeah, BIC, BIC beat yep. Watchmen. Yep. There's no way that scenario happens again with a schedule like this. It does. It just doesn't happen. I, I don't, There's like guaranteed I don't wins. But what, I, I we talked it, about some of the some of the schedules that teams uh, have that are a little bit on the on the the nicer side. What happens to a team like BIC or the U? Because I'm not going to say you know this early. You know we and you know Mark Bagwell is a playoff guy. Um, you know what? How those shake out? But that there could be a situation where it's not. Based on record, it might not even be, you know, based on actual talent level and and ability to win games. And I don't know if this is the way it's going to break out, and I don't want to, you know, kind of put it out there what teams are hypothetically in this position. But if a team loses twice to a team that they play twice, yes, they're and done. They, yeah. And they end up with two losses compared to a team that has one loss. Not they're done. They're six spots, so they're fine. They make the playoffs. Barely. But But it'll be interesting where these teams shake out. And I think – and and the you play the the they play the watchman bic twice and the buzz right yeah that's rough that's, that's a tough that's, schedule. that's not no, that's as bad schedule. as the animals but that's because that's, because the animals that's a big boy schedule yeah 
if a team a won a champion, if a team won a championship playing that schedule, we would have no question about the. Oh, that's respect for them. I wonder that what not team needed. would want a schedule like that. Do you, Do you want a schedule like that? The U does. The U does. Yeah. The U so wants a schedule like that. So it's BSC. Well, let, the let's. The U does. I, I would argue the Insomniacs would want that. I don't think that they said they don't want that. And they just no, haven't had it. And as we near the two-hour mark of this show, damn. Uh, we need to go through the big, the final schedule, the BIC schedule. They open up against the Animals, week two against the Renegades, week three against the U, week four against the Watchmen, mm. week five against the Animals, then the Snow Tribe, and then they round things out against the U. Much easier schedule than um, I, I the heard U. you talking, Matt. I'm still thinking about the animals. <laughs> yeah, that's a way easier schedule than the U, and um, they don't face the buzz. Is it though? They play the U and the Watchmen in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, but the Watchmen are not gonna be the Watchmen of old. They're gonna be like. So by week four, they'll be tenderized by the schedule. But wouldn't the BIC be the same? No, because BIC has a much easier start. That's... No. Well, they have the animals and the renegades, but then they have the U that week immediately after, and then they have the Watchmen the game after that. I mean, it's only six weeks, so they do start off with two comfortable games that they can they can easily win the animals game. Depending on Corey's recruitment process, the renegades could be a, could be a competitive game, but I can see BIC winning that game as well up until they have to face their first challenge. You want to get two two games in before you play a, a comp team. That's that's how I would be comfortable. That'd you know be, what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to get some guys acclimated. See, you just heard Rob. He he would he goes with whatever the schedule is. He plays it because earlier in the show he said it's okay to start with your toughest games, and then then he just said it's good to start with not your toughest games. No, so with listen, the, with the better teams, no, like joking. a team like yeah, a no, team I like BIC. I'm just joking. Yeah, just joking. in a long haul season, like if the, if it's eight games, I would rather. You know, and, by your third game, you won a tough game. And you the can't way the, go three games without that. And the way the buys are staggered this year, let's go through. We start off the season. I said 4 o'clock earlier. I was wrong. 1 o'clock will be the Watchmen versus the U. That is our nice. opening game for games of the week. 4 o'clock, nice. you know, a young rapscallion named Corrence Hammond will be behind center as it will be the Snow Tribe against the Renegades. Very interesting game. And then our 7 o'clock game will be the Force and the Insomniacs. And we'll have an East Coast game going on at that time as well. That'll be the Animals at the BIC. Oh, that's why we're Force and Insomniacs. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Week two, it'll be the Renegades taking on the BIC. We might be calling that BIC game, by the way. We might do the split screen this year. So, Uh, right, right, right. Uh, one o'clock will be Renegades at the BIC, the Animals taking on the U, and then Sickwitted at OTT. Um, the seven o'clock game in the East would rematch end... of the ninety-two thirty-six marathon, huh? Yeah. yeah. yeah we'll can... see what we'll see what can do to to, and, to shorten that point differential. And the East Coast game that night would be the Charge taking on the Snow Tribe in New Jersey. In week three, Interesting. Uh, Animals and Renegades are one o'clock game. BICU at four o'clock, and then Pit Bosses and Insomniacs at seven. Buzz at Snow Tribe 
would be the 7 o'clock game. Interesting. So Interesting. We, we have some great options this year for our 7 Wait, o'clock Wait, Snow game. Tribe got that schedule, and they get both Virginia ga- uh, Maryland-Virginia games in Asbury yeah. at night? Mm. Mm. This is Somebody's... These are the schedules as of now. This may this, okay. this is subject to change due to scheduling and other things that are beyond our control. Of course. The Bills won the Bills won last weekend, right? Yeah. Okay, just checking. <laughs> The U take on the Renegades in week four. The Watchmen take on the BIC at four o'clock. In the seven o'clock game, the OTT and the Force, the seven o'clock game that night for the East Coast will be Snow Tribe and the Animals. Uh, week five, it's Buzz and the U, BIC and the Animals, the OTT against the Insomniacs, and we will also have Snow Tribe okay. against the Renegades as a backup game. Uh, Snow Tribe at BIC in week six. Uh, and also, we are on from April 7th to May 5th. Oh, I don't drink anyway. We I'm are cool. on the air on Cinco de Mayo, gentlemen. <laughs> See? Oh, yes. Well, Sangria Bobby may make an appearance. <laughs> but on Cinco de Mayo, we get the party going with Snow Tribe and oh, BIC. Animals at you. And then Insomniacs and Sick. Uh, the East Coast game is Charge and Renegades. Uh, we take off May 12th. We're back May 19th. Happy birthday to my best friend, Stephanie Sotilli, on that day. Uh, Watchmen at Ooh. the Animals, the BIC in the U, and then Sickwood at Kryptonite. The 7 o'clock game is Not the bad. Snow Tribe and the Renegades. So one of those Snow Tribe Renegades games. And that is how we end the season. So we've gone through the regular season, and next week we'll go through the playoffs, how they're presently constructed. That guys, was a show we just talked did, a lot. That's a great show. Tired it's tired. a long show. That that show had more content than I think any Lucky. show that I've seen A7FL-wise Hell ever, maybe, except for some of ours. It's a lot going on, man. No, this was probably the most jam-packed <laughs> show we've ever done. It, a whole lot of whole Remember, we talked about the back, buzz maybe. that was going in, not not the DC buzz, but remember we talked about the buzz going into last season and how everything seemed to be moving at such a frenetic pace. It was crazy. Uh, does it not feel like it's twice as frenetic this year? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it does. I can't lie. A7FL yeah. 10th season, baby. Buckle up, Buttercup. Well, guy. Strap in, kids. I'm going to order food at midnight because I'm a disgusting human being. But for Big Rob Fabian and Corey oh, Hammond, God. Be back oh, next God. Year, probably. Uh, we gave you like four episodes in one. And, and, and for tired. those for those who want to talk to us, you know, we'd love to hear but from if our there fans is news, and haters oh, alike. No. So check out the voice call line, which I'm going to throw to Matt because he's better at doing those types of things. You can call 516-387-2735. That's 516-387-A7-FL. Uh, and you could do that. Or you can follow us now right now on Facebook. You search 3-on-1 Podcast. And also you can find us now on Instagram. You know how we know, I know <laughs> we're on Instagram. Big Rob follows us, so you should too. Shout out to everybody following us on Instagram. You can follow us at 3 on one that's the number three. Also, shout out to people who don't have Instagram. One A seven FL on Instagram. I just don't have it. I don't, I don't know if I like it or not. I don't know if I like it or not. I just don't have it. 
I, I know. Uh, but, but for Corey Hammond, for Big Rob Fabian, I'm Matt Ryan saying thank you as always. Be sure to follow us. Go to tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Sorry if we're salty, but we try to be so sweet. For Big Rob, I'm Matt Ryan saying as always, don't be an asshole.